Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. Today we are going to study the Prophet, the Navi, Zechariah, chapter 4. If you remember from chapter 3, we were reading the section of Zechariah that is read on the Sabbath of Chanukah for the Haftorah portion. And we just read about one of the great leaders, the leader Yehoshua, who was the leader of um of uh, he was the high priest Yoshua ben Yehotzadak. We learned how he came to the building of the new temple with dirty clothing, the clothing that represented the sins and the dirt of and the suffering of years and years and generations of exile. And there were those, there was the accusers, the Satan, who thought and claimed that this is an unworthy person to affect purification for the people, to lead the temple service, to lead the people in the service of purification and atonement and, re- and spiritual redemption. But God himself was Yigarbucha. God himself said, no, take off those dirty clothing. We will dress him in nice, clean, beautiful clothing and a beautiful new tzinif, a new hat, a new turban. And he will lead the people in purification. Today, we are going to learn of the other leader, the political leader, Zerubbabel, who also comes with challenges and also has to overcome challenges in this new redemption. And the, the ultimate role of Zechariah is to tell the people, of the prophet Zechariah is to tell the people, even though things don't look right now, they don't look like the ultimate redemption. The temple is really not what you imagined it was going to be. And we are, and we are downtrodden and underneath the Persian um, oppression. We still, they're still with these two leaders. If we do it right, these are the right leaders to lead us. The ultimate redemption can occur if only we do it. This is the point I want you to bear this in mind. We just talked about Yehoshua, soon we are going to talk about Zerubbabel, but first, let's hear of another image, another vision, another mysterious vision of the prophet Zechariah. While he is asleep and he had just envisioned the, this, this, um, this uh, so-called trial of the, of, the, um, of the high priest Yehoshua, he fell asleep, Vayashav HaMalach and then the angel who was speaking to me, this angel who has appeared again repeatedly throughout Zechariah's visions, that was somewhat of a of his uh, guide through these visions, who was constantly explaining to him what it was that he was seeing. By Irene, he woke me up. Apparently, he was in a deep sleep and he fell into a deeper sleep. So the angel woke him up like a person waking someone up from a sleep. By Omrelein, he said to me. Look, 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 what do you see? Don't, don't fall asleep. There's more to see. There's more important images for you to see and communicate to the people. Well, Omar and I said, Raisi, I see. What do I see? I see as follows. Behold before me, menorat zahav kula. There is a menorah, a lamp, that is made out of pure gold. <coughs> the image that one imagines immediately is the menorah, the, the, um, the menorah in the temple, the seven-branched menorah, which is one of the most important symbols in the temple, which was always lit in the holy part of the temple by the high priest. I still imagine that some scholars say, and they may be right, that this is probably referring to a 
uh, a more traditional lamp in those days, which was kind of like a bowl with, with um, spouts coming out of the side from which they would put wicks to draw up the oil, and the oil was in the bowl. But I'm going to imagine it as the menorah of the temple because that image is, is so meaningful to us. But regardless of which one it is, he sees a menorah of kula. It is made out of pure gold. I'm imagining the seven-branched golden menorah, vigula arosha, and above it <coughs> is a bowl. And all seven of the, of the lamps are attached or are upon this, this lamp, imagining the seven branches. Shiva v'shiva mutzakos. There are uh, seven um, uh, pipes that lead to each one of the branches. La nerota shel rosha. And each one of those pipes leads to... So there's a bowl above the, the menorah. If you imagine the... And from that bowl, there are pipes that lead to the lamps, to the top of the lamps. So out of the bowl, so there's, and, and what's coming out of this bowl? And apparently out of those, those pipes are the oil that's flowing from the bowl into all of the lamps. So it is being fed, the, the, fuel, the fuel for the flames is being fed from this bowl that is above the menorah. And there are two olive trees upon her or next to her. Uh, but the branches are apparently reaching out over this bowl. One is planted to the right of this bowl, and the other is to the left of this bowl. So there are trees with olives that are supplying the oil to the bowl, and then the bowl is supplying the oil to the lamps of the menorah. This is the image. So imagine two trees, olive trees with branches over this bowl, with the bowl, then there's pipes, leading to the golden menorah. And I answered and I said, to the angel that was speaking to me, Lamar, as follows, what is all of this, my master? I don't, I don't understand what I'm seeing. I, you know, this is what I see, but I don't know what it means. And the malach who is speaking with me answered me, and he said to me, don't you know what these represent? What these things represent? And I said, no, I do not know what these represent. Now there's many different explanations of the verses we're about to read. I am The explanation that I'm going to give is, is um, I got a lot of this idea again from the book written by Rabbi Chaim Angel in the Magid Studies in Tanakh um, in that series in his book on Chagai, Zechariah, and Malachi. He, some of this he brings from the commentary in the Dat Mikra, uh, 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 Dr. Zer Kavod, who, who writes similar ideas. And um, I've adapted their ideas a little bit, um, but this is where I got the inspiration for this from. And uh, I welcome everyone to please read the, this book. It's a wonderful little book uh, by Rabbi Chaim Angel um, that really describes these books of Chagai, Zachariah, and Malachi beautifully. But I just wanted to attribute uh, the the inspiration to him and to Zer Kavod. Now, the um, at this point, the the Navi, the prophet, instead of immediately recounting the description of the angel as to the meaning of this image that he is seeing, the rather he goes off on a little bit of a tangent. Remember, in the last uh, chapter, we just read 
<coughs> of Yehoshua and, and, and the Kohen Gadol, and other Yehoshua, the high priest, and how we thought he may not be worthy, but then we found that he is worthy to be the high priest. And it was his job to follow the ways of God, to follow the Torah, to teach the Torah, to be a, a, a fair judge for the people, and that if he only follows this way, then the mission will be successful. So now the, the Malach, the angel who's interpreting this dream for Zechariah, has to give Zechariah, the prophet, a little bit of an introduction about Zerubbabel, the other leader, which is the political leader of the people, and what he needs to do and the part that he needs to play in order that he will merit to be that Tzemach, that, that Mashiach, that great, and Mashiach is an important word here, that anointed one, and we'll see why that's important in a moment. But, um, but what he needs to do in order to do that. So, so the first thing that, before he answers the question as to what this menorah represents in this bowl and the olive trees, he first has to explain the role of Zerubbabel. So Vayaan, he answered me, Vayomer Eli Lamer, and he said to me as follows, Zedivar Adonai, this is the word of God, El Zerubbabel, to Zerubbabel, Lamer, saying as follows. So the Malach, before telling Zechariah what it is that Zechariah is seeing and the message that Zechariah is supposed to communicate, before that, he tells us what God is telling Zerubbabel. What message is there for this potential king who is now just the governor of this small province in the Persian Empire? He wants to tell Zerubbabel a very, very important message. You are a lowly governor in this vast empire. You're basically a nobody when it comes to government and power. So I need you to know that lo v'chayil v'lo v'koach, I, God, am not to be found in the great armies. I am not to be found in the power and strength. Ki I am to be found in my spirit. Omar That's what God says, the Lord of hosts. The first message through Bavel needs to know that you are here to lead the people and build the temple and rebuild the kingdom to God, for God, so that we, we are with God, so that we worship God so that we remain faithful to Him and we bring His Word throughout the world and bring other nations underneath His wings. So the first thing you need to know is that, yes, true, you're not powerful, you're not strong, you're not mighty, but that's not where God is. So you have Ruach, you have that Spirit. God already told us at the end of, of the, of, you know, God already told us so many times that His Ruach, that He's going to make sure that His Spirit will be with the people. That's number one. That's point A. And then, Who are you, you great big mountain that is standing in the path in the way of Zerubbabel that needs to be flattened out? This mountain, this obstacle, this giant obstacle. You, Zerubbabel, think you have this gigantic obstacle? Most of the commentaries understand this obstacle is the Persian Empire. But this obstacle represents, yes, the Persian Empire, but it represents every other obstacle. The obstacle of the people's unwillingness to work, the obstacle of the other nations that are trying to sabotage the effort in building the Beit HaMikdash, and the obstacle of the powerful Persian Empire. This is the obstacle that's standing in front of you, and you need to flatten it. You need to get it out of the way. But how are you going to do that? You need to bring out from this, from this entire situation, you need to bring out this, 
the, the foundation stone the, of, of this new building. This foundation stone, Tishuot Chen Chen La, that people are going to call out to it, you're beautiful, you're beautiful. You're, you have to level this obstacle and get past it so that you can build this building that people will, instead of saying, oh no, it's such a little tiny nothing building, and people are going to cry, as we see in the other books of Ezra and Nehemiah, they're going to cry, this is nothing like the first temple, this is nothing. You're the one that has to build. You have to get past that obstacle and build a beautiful building that people are going to call out, Chain, Chain, you're beautiful, you're a beautiful temple, you are where we all want to come to worship God. And the word of God came to me. So now Zechariah is listening to the angel describe God's message to Zerubbabel. And Zechariah now hears this voice of God himself. First it was God's, it was the angel telling Zechariah what it was that God's message for Zerubbabel was. But now God is speaking to Zechariah himself. He's now sufficiently awakened to hear the voice of God himself. And what are those words? It is the hands of Zerubbabel. Even though he was a weak, he was a nobody in the kingdom, but no, he still was able to found this house. This little house, he did it. He was able to accomplish that. And it will be his hands that will complete the building. That will happen via data. And then you will know, the, you meaning the people listening to this message, will know that I, Zechariah, have, was sent by God. You will know when Zerubbabel completes this building. Because who is it that is making fun of the days when things are small and little? People that laugh and say, ha, 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 look at this tiny little building. What is this? Look at this tiny little nation. Who are they? Look at this nobody guy who thinks he's a, a leader of some sort. There's some who. And who are those people that are going ahead and making fun of those days, the small days, that don't have faith that this day will one day be a, a great one, that this building will one day be a great one, that this mission will one day be a great and successful one. And those people that were making fun then, one day they will see, and then they will be happy when they see at the beautiful stone in the hands of Zerubbabel. One day they will see it built. One day they will see it grand and beautiful in the hands of the king when Zerubbabel becomes the king, when he becomes that Samach, when he becomes the Mashiach that he has the potential to become. So don't laugh. Me vaz. Don't be one of those people that are laughing now and making fun and scorning this wonderful day. So now, now that Zechariah told us and explained to us that Yoshua, the man, will, will be able to take off the filth and purify the people and do his mission in this new temple. Zerubbabel, as a king, will politically be able to lead the people in building this new house, and the house will be great and wonderful, even if it looks small. Now the angel can tell me what exactly this image that I'm seeing is. And what is it? Shiva, Ela, these seven branches, Ene Adonai, are the eyes of God. Remember, after he spoke about Yoshua and the last parak, he talked about the stone the stone of the Beit HaMikdash, the stone of the Holy Temple, was engraved with the eyes of God. Those eyes of God were to show that, no, it's not the eyes 
not the KGB of the Persian Empire that's going to wield its power over us, but rather it's the eyes of God. So here too, it is the eyes of God. These seven branches, these seven candles are the eyes of God <coughs> that are looking, searching throughout the entire land because God does not control just the empire, but God controls everywhere. The eyes of God are the eyes that are going to be watching us. Remember in those days, and this is really important to understand, they understood the ma'or e'naim, the light comes from the eyes. It was always understood. Now, it's modern science, we understand that eyes receive and interpret light that comes in. But in, in, in the days of the, at the Bible, we see many, many times, there's this idea that light comes forth from the eye, and that's how we see. So the ene, the eyes of God, are the light that's coming forth and looking out onto the entire world, watching the world, and being there to, to watch, watch the world, observe the world, and thus just control the world, and thus be in charge of making sure that the world goes in the direction that God wants it to go. And then I answered the angel of Almighty Love, and I said, well... Okay, so now I know what those seven branches represent. They, bran- they represent the eyes of God. So, what are these two olive trees that seem to be supplying oil to this bowl that pours down into the menorah? What are these two olive trees? One standing to the right and standing to the left. And then I said, well, if, and not only that, but I asked him again, and I asked him, what are the, I see on top of these olive trees, there are these two, the, the, the shade, the, the, um, the top of the olive trees, which are um, next to the two um Golden pipes that are pouring gold into the bowl. It's it's not clear because this was not exactly how Zechariah described the initial vision. It seemed to be, we did, he didn't he only described that there was olive trees over the bowl. But apparently he saw that there was gold pouring from the tops of the olive trees into the bowl. So what am I? Or it's possible that those things appeared to him as. As the vision, as the angel was starting to explain to him the mission of Zerubbabel, he maybe then all of a sudden he started to see not just the trees, but he started to see gold coming from the trees into the bowl. What are these trees that are supplying this? Now, before I read the next version, the next verse, verse 13, think to yourself, what do you think these two trees represent? What do these two trees represent standing almost above God, so to speak. God's eyes are, are in the menorah, but God's eyes are being supplied with something from these two trees. What do these two trees represent? So this angel said to me as follows, Don't you know what these are? And he said, I do not know. What could possibly be supplying God, so to speak, with energy? What could that possibly be? If these seven are the seven eyes of God, what could possibly be supplying God with oil to burn? Well, the answer to that question, Vayomer, Vayomer, and he said to me, These are the two anointed men. The two anointed men, and virtually all the commentaries understand who these two men are. This is Yehoshua, and this is Zerubbabel. 
They ha'omdim al adon kol They are standing above the master of all the world. This is why Zechariah did not understand at first, because how could it be that human beings could be supplying God with anything, let alone gold and shemen and oil? But the angel answers him, No, these two human beings are standing and serving above the Adon Kalaaretz, the master of the entire world, the Adon Kalaaretz, who is way above the Persian Empire that only rules the Persian Empire, but Kalaaretz. But what is it? So I want to, what does that mean that human beings can supply God? Well, what that means, think about what we've just been learning these last four chapters of the Zechariah. That's the entire point. God wants us as human beings to be the ones that build. God wanted us to be the ones who came to the Holy Land out of the exile. God wants us to be the ones that start the worship in the temple and follow his laws and keep his Torah and treat each other with proper kindness and empathy and so on. That is us. If we don't bring God's presence into this world, then God's presence will not be seen in this world. It is you, it is the people that bring God's presence into this world. It is up to you. And right now, being led and represented by these two leaders, Zerubbabel and Yahushua, that can bring God's presence into this world. And that is the lesson that Zechariah is trying to teach us. And that is the lesson at this very desperate and very important time in history. If the people are able to do the jobs presented to them, if the leaders are able to lead and the nation is able to build and then the potential they have to bring God's presence into this world and bring about ultimate redemption to everyone is there. But if the people don't, then it's as if God's presence is not felt in this world. And that is the image that Zechariah is teaching us. That is what these two olive trees are. And that is how we as human beings are, so to speak, so to speak, kaviyachal, giving God the fuel that he needs so that his eyes, his seven eyes, can look out and bring light, the light of the menorah, to the entire world. Thank you so much for studying chapter 4 together. Looking forward to studying chapter 5 and the rest of this beautiful book of Zechariah and many more books together. Have a wonderful day.